Welcome to Raw Book Pod. This is your host, Sarah. This month, we'll be discussing cinnamon roll characters in romance and beyond, and also digging into male representation in romance. Today, my guest is Allie, author Allie Theron. Welcome, Allie. Thank you, Sarah. Now, you have written two books so far? Yes, if we're, we're counting published books. Uh, one published, one coming out in May. I'm in the middle of reading Spellbound right now. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> love it. It is, it is such a treat. Because we don't get a lot of historical paranormal stuff. So it's always nice to see when there's more coming out yeah. to the genre. And it's like, yes, g- give me all of these. <laughs> I was at, I think, RT17, and I was having a conversation with Jordan Hawk, who was talking about how both M and KJ both published their books like the same year, and they are like, we just created this genre all on our own <laughs> for romance, and now there's so many other books coming into it, and it's really great. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel a lot of gratitude. Like, I don't know that I could have ever gotten a book like Spellbound published if they hadn't been sort of, you know, trailblazing and creating this this reader desire for this kind of blend of historical and romance and um, magic altogether. Exactly. So do you consider any of your characters to be cinnamon rolls? Well, yeah, I think I think if we start... I think they I think both Arthur and Rory have some could be called cinnamon rolls. I think they could kind of fall into that, you know, broader sort of sort of category, um, but in very different ways. Um, you know, Rory is, you know, he's short, he's got a very difficult past, he's um Sort of, you know, I, I think when I think of cinnamon rolls, I think, well, the characters I want to protect, you know, they're too precious for this world. Like, exactly. Take that's, care of them, yeah. That's, um, that's essentially the definition of the meme that came from Onion. Yes. Um, yeah. Is they're too precious for this world, they're good and kind and sweet, and you just want to protect them, and they've gone through more hardship than they deserve. Which is, it's just fascinating, because the first instance that I found or when I was going to dig into the, the meme-ness of Cinnamon Roll, the first use of it was for um, Twin Peaks. Oh, really? Um, and that's where it originated, was a picture of the character um, Dale Cooper, and juxtaposed next to the Cinnamon Roll meme. <laughs> and that's where it comes from. So, And then there's, of course, like different aspects of the Cinnamon Roll. There's... They look like a cinnamon roll, but they could actually kill you. Um, they look like they could kill you, but are actually a cinnamon roll. <laughs> There's burnt cinnamon roll, murder cinnamon roll. There's all these different aspects. And then it gets co- And then how it evolves into romance sometimes can be very interesting. Because I know, I think it was Rom Book Pod, lash, uh, the, the hashtag Rom Book Pod, where it was put as their caretaker versus someone that you want to protect so it's interesting how memes evolve in that sense mm-hmm. though I think for me one of my favorite characters who's definitely a cinnamon roll is Clem from Unseen Attraction by KJ Charles because he's definitely someone who there's just 
so many terrible things that have happened and so many good things that have happened to him as well. But you just kind of like want to protect him. Like, no, no, you have, you just here, go sit with Kat and have a nice cup of tea. Ignore all the murders that are happening. Go cuddle with Rolly. Everything will be fine. And Clem is very much not what someone would consider an alpha hero, which I really enjoy because um, I think it's, Clem has dyspraxia. So it comes out in that he can't do very large crowds, very loud smells. He can't do buttons and ties. So, like, his boots are elastic. And it's just how his disability was represented was very mirroring of how ADHD works for me. So that was a very nice change of pace of representation of male characters. Yeah, I, I think there's something really nice about seeing these sort of stereotypes of men just, you know, flipped and, and blown out of the water and, and, you know, being, I guess, I, I think sometimes, you know, we don't talk about the how patriarchy affects men, but it does. And, and I have a son, you know, who's seven now. And so I see very clearly, like, these ideas of what men should be like in stories and I think it's great to subvert those ideas like I think it benefits everybody um on the planet if we subvert these ideas of what men have to be like exactly another example is in Soldier Scoundrel by Cat Sebastian Oliver is like oh god how am I gonna be with Jack and he like tries to like he, he tries to most books like no I'm gonna uphold all of society because society is what keeps us together and then he's like no 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 screw this i'm going to <laughs> gamble away most of my money and pretend to drink in a devil in a gambling hell and then i get to be with jack for the rest of my life whereas jack's just like society is jack is just a very grumpy uh gryffindor and Oliver is just a very, he's, he's very much the cinnamon roll Hufflepuff. Oh, who, yes. <laughs> he's been through the war, he's been through everything, but he's still just, he's such a very good person. And Jack's just very grumbly. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, when I think about Cat's fashion, and I think of a gentleman never keeps score, one of the things I really love is Sam, because you have this, like, you know, ex-boxer, you have this you know, very alpha male in some ways. And then he is just so sweet. He is just, you know, pure kindness in sort of this, you know, very athletic, um, bartending masculine role. And I loved that juxtaposition that she did there. Yes. Sam is absolutely a perfect model for Hartley because Hartley just needs that gentleness. Um, And it just, it, it just helps him to recover. And it's not that because he's fallen in love that he's recovering. It's that someone gave him a chance rather than just letting him hide away in the house forever. Mm-hmm. And um, I just finished um, Two Roads Make a Right. And it's it's a similar <laughs> dynamic. Well, not, not similar dynamic, but just how the how Will and Martin interact and how 
it goes from, well, we must follow these strict society things, so fuck everything, we're going to be together, no matter what. And it was just, oh, there there were points where I was just saying, they're like, if this was any other author, this these four things could have gone horribly wrong and ruined everything. But because it's Cat, they go absolutely, like, ha- like they're perfect. <laughs> Everything went perfect. Of course. Everything, everything <laughs> went perfect. Or her books are amazing. Her books yes. are amazing. We love you, Cat. Yes. <laughs> and there's another one I had on the list. Highly recommend. Uh, we highly recommend everything Cat has written. Mm-hmm. We are not biased at all. Um, <laughs> Duke, and, with, and with Duke in Disguise, Ash, he's just like, oh, you're queer? Cool. Uh, but you're, you, you dated a rich lady. That's the only thing we really don't quite like is that you dated a rich lady who we don't really like those people, but cool. <laughs> it was just like, I, I just, lo- I liked how nonchalant he was that she could talk openly about her queerness and he was pretty much accepting of it. And then how he dealt with his, um, seizure disorder and everything around him and it was just, it felt very nice and different from what, I don't know, the usual patriarchal standards are for men. Well, I think there's an interesting link a lot of times in the romance between sort of that money, like you're talking about, and wealth and our standards of what we think men need to be like as well. You know, so this idea that our romance heroes have to be super wealthy you know, that everyone in the romance novel should be striving for material wealth, or, you know, if one of the characters is poorer than the other, they should be, you know, brought into the wealth and the materialism. Or they should be beholden to the rich character, and then the rich character doesn't understand why the poor one doesn't want to do something or accept these gifts, and then they're beholden to them for some reason and it just spirals from there and it's just not very pleasant to read about rich millionaires right now <laughs> or should I say billionaires as I don't it's, it's really tough yeah it, it's tough just eat the rich things are tough right now this eat is a particularly I feel like tough time to be talking about these issues and there's just so much suffering that you know um, these disparities of wealth and poverty cause and yeah and, like, in romance, there's a fixation that's still with the billionaire romances, especially historical romances. And I'm just like, where where are my middle-class merchants and my poor queer people? Like, come on. Not ever, like, and then just other things that need to be dealt with, like race and where did that sugar actually come from? Yeah, um, I, there's a, a lot, I think in historical you know and I, and I do think these books are out there um you know that uh, explore sort of deeply these ideas of race and you know um nationality immigration wealth like all sorts of social issues through sort of like these historical romance lenses you know a good way to reflect on our own like modern times i remember in um Band Sinister by K.J. Charles, the lead, the, the love interest, the, he's an, or is he a duke or whatever nobility form he is, um, he's a, I think it was like turnips, 
that he was trying to grow, no, sugar beets. He was trying to grow beets to make sugar from beets so he wouldn't have to use sugar from the plantations in the Caribbean. Interesting. Um, And there's, like, this whole subplot of him, like, trying to, like, get his farmer tenants to like grow these sugar beets so I actually believe him like yes these will this will actually work this this won't go to waste and this won't like fail um and there were there were people who boycotted sugar from plantations that like that was a thing anyways I digress on that <laughs> um uh one of my other favorite heroes who falls out of the normal patriarchal standards is um, Farron from Invitation to the Blues. He is very much the protector who wants to help Jude, and he is a very, he compliments Jude in that sense very well, because Jude just, his depression sometimes can be very overwhelming, and Farron's just like, hey, we, we can go however, what speed you need, I'm here for you, and it just he is very much a good cinnamon roll in that. The other cinnamon rolls are well, uh, Wyborn and Griffin from Jordan Hawk's Wittershin series. Yes, that um, I think you know, seeing a character like Wyborn on the page who has you know a lot of anxiety, oh, uh, you know, he's he's very much one of those like you want to protect kind of characters. Um, and there's something I think that's always really satisfying about seeing that character end up being very magically powerful or or something, you know, taking this character that isn't traditionally masculine and making them, you know, I don't know if glass cannon is the right expression that I'm looking for here. Um, maybe not. But, you know, it, it's a very satisfying thing I think to read if you enjoy reading about these sentimental characters um exactly because it's been a while since I I haven't actually finished the Live Morning Griffin series yet I'm stuck at Undertow (laughs) I'm working my way through it too I've been stuck at Undertow since Undertow came out because I was like oh this this isn't why this like I want to read about his sister I'll read about his sister later. And then that just resulted in not reading the rest <laughs> of the book, which I need to go back and do. And that's on, that's on the eventual list just to finish that series. But it's just, it was very refreshing to see both Griffin and Wyborn and how they move through the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think... Stumble I through the world in Wyborn's case. <laughs> like, I, I think there's something really refreshing too about like just that non toxic relationship you know when there's two characters that are great people it's not about changing one of the characters from you know an alpha hole into you know a manageable husband or, or whatever you know that there's it, it's the characters are more nuanced than that which I I enjoy as well as what I enjoy about Wittershins and several other of these books that we're talking about yeah um and then in Jordan's the first of uh, the Hex World books, I think it's Hexbreaker with Cicero and Tom. Cicero is very much this very out and proud and flamboyant cat shifter who wears dark coal on his eyes and does belly dancing and just is very unashamed of yeah. how he how, how he is. 
and Tom doesn't want him to change. And Tom is very much like the masculine man or what you think would be like the masculine man. But really, he's also just like, hey, I just need to make it through the world. There used to be. I, I finally got to read Hexworld like a month ago. And I was, or not Hexworld, but the Hexbreaker. And I'm still working my way through that series. So it's wonderful. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. And yes, Tom was very sweet. It just... Just, um, I mean, and I think that's another kind of cinnamon role, you know, these sort of big guys that are outwardly very masculine, you know, like we're talking about Sam um, from A Gentleman Never Keeps Score, but inside, you know, they're just a gushy marshmallow, right, and um, a lot of times they have you know, very tragic pasts as well, like our little cinnamon rolls that we, you know, tend to think of. Yeah, the cinnamon roll can be a person of any size, it does not... <laughs> matter it's more just like oh god they're such a good person and they've like it's not like that they're like a good like isn't like morality it's that they can have done terrible things hence like murder cinnamon rolls they can still be good people not like as in like actual real life murders as in like your character is an assassin but they're also a cinnamon roll <laughs> <laughs> like in um our bloody pearl by dn brin we have a pirate who also kills people and a very murderous non, non, non-binary uh, siren who has been held captive by an evil pirate and very much is not has killed people in the past and is very unapologetic about that because those people were trying to kill them. So that one was really interesting because we have an asexual pirate who falls for the siren Pearl um, and Pearl and they communicate the entire book via sign language, which is really interesting. And then Pearl also, um, because they were held captive for so long in like a very small tank, their tail doesn't function properly. So it deals a lot with disability and not necessarily overcoming your disability, but like learning to accept it and try to find ways to, work with what you have like they build this is also a steampunk world so they build him like or they build them a a tail that works so that they can control their movements in the water which is really cool it's such a like i mean there's lots of like violence in the book but it's also like very sweet and heartwarming there's like lots of found family and just it's very queer that's how i want fantasy books to be it's just like very very queer and, like, unapologetic in their queerness. It's like, oh, you've got non-binary sirens who are speaking in sign language and have a mechanical tail. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you have your asexual pirate who's got some really bad PTSD. But, you know, and it's just, you bo- want to protect both of them. Though I know, I think, I think it was the author who labeled pirate as a cinnamon roll, but I kind of, like, label them both as cinnamon rolls. Because that's just how when I was reading it, how I felt. Because to, uh, the other aspect of a cinnamon roll is it's it's kind of like a reader feeling sometimes. You're like, oh, God, you just want to protect this character. I mean, I think that a lot of romance probably, you know, one thing we love is when they're both could be fall into that cinnamon roll category. And you, you really, you know, romance is about characters that you want to see happy at the end of the book, right? You, you want both of them to find their happy ending and both of them to... You know, 
be worthy of each other, and that's part of the emotional payoff, I think, of the romance genre. So, yeah, I think we're seeing a lot of these where you're like, well, they kind of, people kind of could both fall into that cinnamon roll category. Exactly. One of the webcomics I've been reading recently is the, the croaking on webtoons. And it's about um, two... So it's a world where um, people... It's kind of like they're birds, but they, they're humans with wings, so they're still birds, but bird people. And it's um, two young men who meet on this, like, clifftop and they just kind of like they weirdly bond over like being at this clifftop just like looking at out of the city and then they both end up at this very prestigious military academy and one of them is a crow and in this world crow is like the very bottom rung of the hierarchy and the other character is an osprey and Skara the crow is very much a very burnt syndrome he is very tired and very angry at the world whereas Kai Kai, um, who ends up being his roommate, who was like the guy on the cliff, um, is very much, you're very confused why he's at a military academy and wanting to go to special ops because he can't, like, he's terrified to, like, kill people and shoot things. And it's like, buddy, why are, why are you here? Why are you doing this? And it's just, they're both very sweet to each other, and it's very, they're both trying to get out away from the hierarchy of their world while also trying to navigate it inside it because that's the only way that they can accomplish their goals, which I think is really interesting. really interesting. One that I think I forgot to put on our list, but um, I was thinking about is uh, Jen Burke's Not Dead Yet series, and Wes is um, uh, a not ghost, is how he describes himself. Wes is a little shit. I would put him in the, like, cinnamon roll category, though. You know, he's um, demisexual, I think, is the... Um, I don't think he's AIDS, I think he's demi. And just very... Um, has that tragic past. I agree, he, he is, you know, but that's kind of why I think he resonates really well with some of, some of us, including myself. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, I can be a little shit sometimes. There were, there were a couple of things that he did in book two that I found very morally questionable, but that never got brought up again by the other characters. And I was like, no, where are the consequences for this? Come back to that. Uh, I, I definitely think there are people who feel this way about Rory in my book, Spellbound, who are like, he's a reckless and he's a you know, misanthrope and he's so grouchy. You're like, you know, yeah, he is. He's... Yes. But grouchy characters are the best because <laughs> when you finally get under their skin and they're like, blank, I guess I love you. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Rory's very, very soft underneath that um, grouchy exterior. He's, yeah, poor guy. I sent you uh, the other day a couple of. So. For me, um, cinema rolls also show up in other media that I, I consume, which is anime, um, and a couple of things that are very not queer, but are very much cinnamon rolls. Uh, the first one is Yona of the Dawn by Mizuho Kusanagi, and it's a manga set in a mix of ancient, in a fantasy world that's like ancient China, Korea, and Japan combined. And it's about a princess 
who her cousin betrays her by murdering her father, who's the king, and she has to escape um, the palace and track with her best friend, who's like a more like the one of like the head of the one of the clans who's in the art like he's part of the wind clan so he's like the head of it and yeah she has to escape and find the four dragons in order to restore balance to the world there are two characters in it there's uh sheena who is the blue dragon who his eyes will kill you if he looks at you in a certain way like their magic like will paralyze you and then he can kill you and then there's Zeno, who is the yellow dragon, whose body is like a, it is a shield. Like, it will, you can't kill him. And they are both cinnamon rolls in that Zeno is very happy all the time because of all the pain he's gone through of in the past. And he just, you, you think he's like an idiot, but really he's just like, no, no, I know what's going on here. And we're going to get through this and I'm going to protect the princess and all this jazz and then Sheena again also a very traumatic upbringing because the village that he was with thought he was cursed which in a way he kind of is with his eyes and it's just they both of them how they represent their masculinity like Sheena has a pet squirrel <laughs> that is absolutely the most adorable thing and just like how he interacts is very soft and you would think that he'd be very like aggressive but he's not so that was the thing I enjoyed greatly. And then uh, Snow White with the Red Hair by Serata Aikizuki. There's a young girl or young woman who is trying to become an herbalist. And because she has bright red hair, the prince of that kingdom is like, I want you. And she's like, I don't want you. So she flees to the neighboring kingdom um, where she falls for the prince there. And both of them are absolute and utter cinnamon rolls. Where Zen, he... Like, he's still the prince, and he still, like, inhabits, like, very princely masculine things, but he's also like, no, this is what I want. I don't want to follow what my brother wants me to do. I'm going to be with Shiryuki regardless of what you want. And it is the only show that I have watched in a very long time where it is just pure sweet, pure sugar that you will feel your teeth ache as you watch. (laughs) And also has, like, the best neck kiss scene I have ever seen. (laughs) It's like you're just watching, it's like, oh, let's just replay that one scene over and over again. And it's just, it's it, it's very soothing of a show, because you get characters who aren't trying to be tough, who, Shiryuki, she, like, yeah, she gets rescued, but also she can hold her own as a court herbalist. And, like, Zen, he's, like, a prince still, and it's just, there's not, like, drama over or, like, intense drama over them being of two different classes, Ooh. which is nice. Yeah, so do you, do you kind of think, I'm, I'm kind of mulling this over in my head, like, is the, tra- like, the tragic past, the drama, that kind of stuff, is that a really important aspect of a character being considered a cinnamon roll? Like, do they have to come from, you know, experienced hardship that they didn't deserve? I, I think so, or at least that's how I interpret it from the meme, is that someone who's very good but and are still good after suffering all these things. And not that they continue to suffer post whatever thing is, but someone that has survived and continues to survive and 
are just you want to protect them, but they're also able to protect themselves. Like they're not helpless. If that makes any sense. That makes sense. I think in romance there's a space for because I don't seek out alphas. I've never sought out alphas. I mean, unless we count werewolf stories, but even then it's like, can we have like a not alpha 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 pole? Like, <laughs> like is this a thing that we can? I don't know if you've read uh, Charlie and Hara's Big Bad Wolf series, but I love her her park. He is a a great werewolf who is an alpha werewolf, but not like he's just super super sweet. I have read those. Um, I do really enjoy Park. I think my favorite aspects of all three of the books that I've read of it, I haven't read the fourth one yet, is, like, the last 20% when, like, they have, like, the relationship development. I'm like, yes, this is what I'm here for. <laughs> Give me all the relationship development. The mystic can go away in the corner now. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm very much, like, a. I, I also, like, write science fiction and... and fantasies I'm very much like a, I love romance and I will also read um you know mystery and sci-fi and fantasy and all that without romance so I'm I'm very much like give me all the plots you know relationship development too but yes I, I don't mind plotting romances but I totally respect that a lot of romance readers are like okay this is marketed as a romance I want to get to the relationship that's what I'm here for and I think that's very valid I think it's a very interesting it, it, it's a very to balance the mystery and the romance is a very complicated thing, and the, when people do it really well, it's like, yes, there we go. There's the mystery <laughs> and the relationship development at the same time. Yes. I mean, it's a challenge. I can say just from trying to write a book that's both a fantasy paranormal mystery, but also a romance, you know, there are always going to be people who don't feel like you got the balance, right? It's tough. I mean, I, I think... Just from my experience, it's it's really crucial to tie the plot into the characters' arcs as much as possible, you know. So yeah, that they're kind of if, if, at least that's how I've sort of seen it. Is like if you can integrate the mystery with the characters' arc, you know, so that solving the mystery is also what brings them closer, as opposed to like them being very distinct plot lines, you know. I think it sometimes helps maybe for getting that that satisfaction that you're talking about that like yes this is what I'm here for while still caring about the stakes of the plot yeah I think romance is getting better or not getting better it's getting more diverse in representation of alternative not alternative it's getting better in how it shows humanity and more different heroes than the alphas and stuff like that. Because I don't really, personally, I don't like the term beta hero. I just don't. <laughs> I just, it's yeah. not something that works for me. It's and, meant to be insulting. Like, I'm not saying it is insulting, but I think when people fling it around, they often intend it as an insult. You know, yeah. even though it shouldn't be, but it, they they mean it in like a, oh, you're beta, you're not alpha kind of like insulting sort of way very often when they use that term. So. And I think there's like people in romance who are trying to reclaim the term beta hero, but mm-hmm. it just doesn't, it just doesn't work for me. And I just, it does, I don't know necessarily why, 
beyond that, I just don't like the phrasing. <laughs> I think one of the other characters who I think gets called a beta hero, but is like very much a, a, another cinnamon roll to me, um, is Christopher in Small Change by Rowan Parrish, which is the first book in the Small Change series. We mostly get Christopher's point of view through letters to his brother Jude, but he's very much, and kind of like when we talked about Ash, Ash was like, oh, cool, you're queer, you like ladies, that's fine, don't worry about it. Christopher's like, oh, you're bi, that's fine, oh, you're a tattoo artist, that's fine, you're having a really bad day, here, have a bagel. (laughs) Um, I just really like how Christopher was very comfortable in himself. And, but also still a vulnerable person because everyone is vulnerable. Like, when Ginger gets really angry and really upset and says nasty, mean things that she doesn't mean but is having a really bad day, he ha- he has the right to respond how he does, which is to leave <laughs> um, and, like, be upset. And then to have Jude come in and be like, hey, we both have our shit and our bad mental health days, but... Can you not do that to my brother? <laughs> um, yeah, and I, 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 I think, you know, cinnamon rolls, not necessarily, like, I don't think it would be any fun to read about a cinnamon roll just getting hurt, you know? Like, that's not, at least that's not where I go to romance, to read just somebody getting stomped on. I, I don't want to read about No, that. that's why I go to fanfic. <laughs> so I can read all the angst and all the pain and hurt comfort and then be like, okay, we suffered through all this, now the next ten chapters can be about recovery. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the recovery is, is very important and, you know, if one character is a cinnamon roll and the other character is just taking advantage of that, I'm going to have a hard time buying a happy ending for the two of them. You know, I think a really important aspect of any romance with a cinnamon roll character is feeling like the other person respects them and is, is, you know, that they can truly have a happy ending together that's not just abusive, I guess. Exactly. Like, the in order to have a balanced relationship, like, people can be messy. Like, I want there to be a room in romance for messy relationships, but for that messiness, or in all that messiness, for the characters to respect each other still. Right. Like, there are some lines, and I'm sure everyone's lines are different, but there are some lines, you know, that I'm like, this is a no-go. You know what I mean? That I would not want to read a book that was just where I felt one character was abusive of the cinnamon roll character or anything like that. Um, Because, yeah, exactly, you you want that comfort and that respect and that that feeling that they're they're good for each other not bad for each other exactly because no one wants to read about uh, and it's interesting because our lines are everyone's lines are so different what someone what romance considers like not necessarily abusive but like hey that's not a healthy thing some people are like well this is fine and there's like no no that's really really not fine and I think, especially in queer romance, it's a thing that has to be navigated because we're already trying to push the patriarchal boundaries mm-hmm. and the boundaries of society and why and we have to navigate what is healthy, but also what is queer culture and what isn't queer culture. Yeah. And without like necessarily shaming anybody for what 
they like, but still being able to interrogate, like, well, why do we like this? And, you know, um, sort of have a deeper conversation about some of these tropes, you know? Exactly, and having, like, an actual conversation rather than just yelling at each other for, like, how dare you like this thing? Right. And you're a terrible person because you like this thing, because that right, is exactly. conversation. That's ever. no good. Yeah, that's no, no good. No, shaming people for what they like isn't good. But again, getting defensive immediately because someone like doesn't like what you like is, is also not helpful to the conversation, right? Like, And I think there's a lot of knee-jerk defensiveness sometimes. Like, well, this is just what I like. And like, well, sure, okay, but have you, you know, we can also interrogate it. And, you know, exactly. like podcasts like this, they talk about what it's like why 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 are alphas so popular why like just like why are alphas popular why is there not always space for non-traditional masculinity and stuff like that and how can we also allow space for romance readers who are not cisgendered heterosexual people right like making making space for all that um i know like in my my book i had rory was criticized at one point for being feminine which you know you can have a conversation about that and there's a lot to unpack i think um but you know that association of a character who's not an alpha hole automatically getting classified as feminine even though they're really not I mean you know not that it would be bad if he was but I don't think he is but it's definitely like a conversation where there's a lot to unpack exactly do you I I know this right now I don't think anyone's particularly reading all that much given the world um but are there any books on your TBR that you're excited to read that might have non-traditional masculine characters well i'm definitely looking forward to two rogues make up right when that one comes out i have um hither page is on my so it's two cats of Asher books because i know i will enjoy them and, um like i said i'm working my way through all of um jordan hawk stuff and love his books um what else i have gideon the ninth that doesn't have a Superman role character that I know of, but um, that's on my team. I think someone was excited for. I don't think it was a cinnamon role character, but there was like, I think it was like grumpy characters, which are just another type of cinnamon role, in my opinion. Um, I don't think there was any romance in that, or that the romance culminated in anything in Gideon the Knife. Mm-hmm. Or at least what I would want it as a romance out of it anyway. Like, <laughs> I will get to it eventually then. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm still very much looking forward to it. Although, right now, with everything going on, I admit, like, just getting through the day is kind of an accomplishment. Yeah. 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 Yes, last <laughs> night, there I walked into the bathroom, and there was a yellow jacket sitting oh. on my toothbrush. And I was like, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just going to go to bed. <laughs> You don't need that. <laughs> I'm just gonna go to bed. <laughs> no one needs this right now. Um, oh, I'm I mean, to I, there might have. <laughs> I, the Two Roads Maker Right was the first book I've read like in a month. I will say I did spend about three weeks listening to a horror podcast. 
Oh. So I was like, I can't concentrate on anything that's, like, with my eyes right now. Here, let's play mm-hmm. Animal Crossing and listen to the Magnus archives for three weeks. <laughs> and there we go. Yeah. Um, but I will say I do, or I will be getting an arc of KJ Charles' next book, which is, what is it called? Slippery Creatures. Slippery Creatures. Slippery Creatures, which is her first in her um, 1920s adventure romance series. Nice. Which I, she has told everyone that the Hiei is at the end of book three. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta work I, for your happy ever after. I'm kind of here for a slow burn. I gotta say, I, I do like slow burn. <laughs> so like, I, I think like they get together probably in like book one, but like over it, it's gonna be like um the Charm of Magpie series like that which I will read anything KJ writes in all honesty very, very talented I'm in the middle of your book right now which is absolutely <laughs> excellent and then I really don't know because it depends on what my brain can concentrate on right now which isn't yeah. much and you know I think it's very different for for everybody what they can concentrate on. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to write the third book right now in my series and doing my best at that. And, you know, some people can't write at all right now. Some people can't read at all. Like, they're just... Part of me was like, I could use this time to work on my writing. And then it's like, <laughs> what brain space to work on this? <laughs> but I will say there are lots... Oh, TJ Klune's book that just came out is on my TBR. Bonds of Brass by Emily Strutsky, which is basically... Finn and Poe from Star Wars, but not really Finn and Poe from Star Wars, but it's very obviously Finn and Poe from Star Wars. Interesting. Yes, I, I think I, I I think I did hear about that book. Very strange. <laughs> I'm very excited for it. Um, and then Christine Lynn Herman's next book in her spooky New York queer series comes out in two weeks, I think. So there's a lot of stuff from YA that I can actually remember that I'm excited for, whereas romance, it's like, oh, this is coming out? Okay. Because I follow more (laughs) indie romance than, like, big pub romance, so it's like, okay, this book is coming out next week. All right, I will remember in two weeks. (laughs) From Uh big pub romance, I have a lot of Alyssa Cole and Beverly Jenkins on my TBRs. Those are ones that I am so excited to dive into, and um, yeah, pretty, pretty excited for that. Hopefully. Oh, we didn't talk about, um, is her name Violetta? I'm trying to remember what exactly her name was from Courtney Milan's um, Miss Martin's Incomparable Adventure. I felt like one of the, not the, um, the not the wealthy woman ones, the other woman was very much kind of like a very sweet sort of cinnamon roll character. Yeah. I, I, I think the other thing to interrogate, but someone asked me this, was can women be cinnamon rolls and I was like yes they can yes oh, but then I also struggled with romance tales to think of so when I was mentioning the anime earlier the the heroines are very much cinnamon rolls and yes Kat you you will be fine in a moment <laughs> don't worry closing statement is anybody can be a cinnamon roll regardless <laughs> of gender or gender identity and orientation oh yes Allie tell us about Starcross <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, well, Starcross is coming out on May 18th. It is a direct sequel 
So, um, you know, and I apologize to anyone who picks it up without having read the first one. I'm sorry. It's just a direct sequel. You definitely need to read book one to have any idea what's going on. From a cinnamon roll perspective, you know, it brings back um, Rory and Arthur. And I think Arthur kind of falls into what we were talking about. That's sort of like he's an ex-athlete. He's, you know, he was sort of my spin on the um, stereotypical, you know, British royal, you know, title peer in historical romances. It's like, I'm going to make an American equivalent. So his dad's a congressman. He you know, was an ex-Yale quarterback in 1924. You know, and now it's 1925, so, you know, he's an ex-World War One soldier, but he's very soft, super, super squishy, and continues to be extremely big marshmallow, um, overprotective marshmallow in book two, and um, it kind of goes into the class dynamic a little more than, than a lot more than book one did, because, um, you know, you have these two characters from very, very, very different worlds, and they have a happily for now at the end of book one, and so book two is sort of like, okay, well, how are they, you know, going to actually be together in 1925 when queer relationships were, you know, illegal um, and they're from very different classes and people are going to wonder why are they, you know, even spending time together. But it's very much not a fight book, if that makes sense. Yeah. They're not fighting each other in the book. It's much more despite the title, it's much more that the conflict is coming from outside the relationship. So... And is book three that you're writing also about them as well? Yes. Book three, Wonderstruck, um, that will be out in 2021. And yes, that will be there happily ever after at the end of Wonderstruck. Awesome. Yeah, so they're they're getting there, um, you know, and it's finding that balance between plot and romance um, that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Awesome! I'm really excited to finish book one and then get my little pause on uh, book two. <laughs> I think I requested an arc the other day, but whether or not I actually get it at this point, it's like don't give me anything because I don't have the brain space. <laughs> no, I completely understand. I actually. Um, somebody very close to me is just so I, I didn't send her one I was like you know what I'm not going to send you an ARC because you're going to then feel anxious and guilty like you have to read it and I don't want you to have to feel like that you know you're an, she's an audiobook person I'm like just wait I'll send you an audiobook when it comes out like I don't want you to feel any pressure like, so I, you um, know like just we're doing the we're all doing the best we can right now yep yep just day by day <laughs> Day by day at this point. Day by day. Thank you for joining me, Allie. Um, you can find me, Sarah, at um, on Twitter at, at QueerReader. And where can they find you, Allie? You can find me on Twitter at Allie underscore Theron. Website, AllieTheron.com has all sorts of other ways, too. Facebook, email, um, Instagram, However, however you like. I love to hear from people, so feel free to get in touch. Awesome. Let's make my day. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for joining us, Ellie. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rom Book Pod, Inclusively Yours, a new weekly podcast celebrating inclusive romance, one trope at a time. 
If you'd like weekly recommendations for inclusive romance, please take a moment to subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at rombookpod. That's R-O-M-B-K-P-O-D. Thank you for joining us, and until next time, happy reading.